That Triathlon Show 316. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on today's episode, I interview Mario Schmidt-Wendling. Mario is a Frankfurt-based long-distance triathlon coach with an athletic background in professional road cycling and an educational background in sports science. He has coached more than 1,000 long-distance triathlon finishes over the last 17 years across both age group and professional athletes, and has recently published a book on training for long-distance triathlon. The book is in German, so I haven't uh, read it myself, can't read it myself, unfortunately, but I have heard from one of my German-speaking athletes that it is a very good book, so you can check it out if you're interested, uh, but we'll get into plenty of the topics from the book on this podcast in English so that everybody can get a chance to, to listen to Mario's thoughts on triathlon training. But before that, big thanks to our sponsors, Roka. Roka produces exceptional quality triathlon wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, performance sunglasses, as well as prescription eyeglasses and sunglasses. Uh, today, let's talk about Roka's wetsuit range and why they are such a fantastic option for wetsuits. Uh, first, they have uh, such a wide range from the entry-level Maverick that is still extremely high quality, all the way up to the flagship model Maverick X2. All of these wetsuits come, come with the patented arms up technology, which maximizes shoulder mobility, uh, which can otherwise be quite restricted and result in less efficient and slower swimming. Roka's wetsuits also have patented buoyancy profiles uh, for the fastest possible body position in the water. And if you're somebody that is struggling with that, then the MX Max Buoyancy suit is the most buoyant wetsuit of all of them. There are a ton of other fantastic features in Roka's wetsuit, like the exoskeleton in the Maverick X2, which maximizes speed and propulsion by improving the connection between your hips and the shoulders. You can read all of the details on roka.com and you can get 20% off your entire Roka order by visiting roka.com forward slash TTS. And thank you to Senate. The Senate Indoor Swim Trainer is a one-of-a-kind swim bench that helps you improve your technique through an early catch, maximize propulsion through a more powerful stroke, and stay consistent by doing swim workouts at home even when you can't go to the pool. It is available in the UK, EU, and the US, so this is uh, a big news that uh, the Senate has launched in the US as well. And in the UK and the US, you can now get free shipping. It is already a very affordable uh, tool. It is similar to a pair of running shoes. And best of all, another big piece of news here is that uh, the investment is completely risk-free. Uh, there is now a guarantee that if you are not in love with the Senate Trainer after two weeks using it and using their free program, then you can send it back and get a full refund. Learn more about this and get a 20% off your Swim Trainer by using the discount code that you can get on senatesimtrainer.com forward slash TTS. Now, without any further ado, let's get into the interview with Mario Schmidt-Wendling. Welcome to That Triathlon Show, Mario. How are you doing? Yeah, fine. Thanks for the invitation. It's a, it's a big honor to be uh, yeah, part of your show or guest on your show, um, especially if I, if I see um, who, was, um, who was a guest before. And um, it's, it's great to be, be here. Thanks for that. Well, It's it's a pleasure to have you. You come you come highly recommended. Actually, uh, an, an athlete that that I coach uh, put us in touch. So so that was uh, kudos to him for for doing that. Let's start by you just introducing yourself to the audience. Can you tell us more about what you're doing currently in triathlon and and how you get into uh, into the sport? Yeah, I'm, I'm 45 years old and um, living in Frankfurt with my family and um, wife and children. 
And I'm uh, into triathlon since uh, the early 90s. Uh, so it's 30 years of triathlon right now. And um, first of all, as an, as an athlete, and uh, I switched uh, the sites in 2000, end of 2004, after um, um, quitting being a, um, a professional cycling racer. And uh, I studied sports science. And in the end of 2004, I had an idea of, of being one of the first uh, commercial coaches in, in Germany. Um, before that, we had only um, coaches from, from the federation or in the clubs, but there was no yeah, commercial online coaching. And, uh, I, I started in 2004. It was a, a hard way, but, uh, but I made it until now. So it's, uh, it's 17 years right now. And, uh, so I created or, or, um, uh, founded a company. It's called CISO training. It's based in Frankfurt. And my main focus is on online coaching, working with, um, with age group athletes and pro pros as well. And the main focus is, uh, long distance and 70.3. And, um, yeah, it's more than thousand uh, thousand long distance races uh, to to the day, and um, several several uh, titles, uh, several world titles, uh, overall um, overall wins. So I'm I'm pretty happy with it right now. Yeah, that, that's that's fantastic. That's uh, and that's more than a thousand long distance races that your athletes have done, not not you yourself. No, 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 no just kidding. Uh, I, I did I did but, around thirty by myself. Uh, so. I'm a little bit experienced, but uh, I have to get back in shape again. But uh, I didn't have the time right now to to, to train yeah. frequently. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting that you managed to do so many and and also have a professional cycling career. Uh, I imagine that those two didn't quite overlap when you were doing professional cycling. You probably didn't do Ironman as well, or or did they overlap? No, no. I I started I started uh, being a triathlete and as as already mentioned mentioned in the early nineties until eighty nine uh, ninety eight sorry, and um, and afterwards I switched over to to cycling. Um, had some couple of good years, uh, ending up as a pro. But uh, only a low pro is a continental pro, so I can't uh, can't earn my my living out of it. And um, at the end of uh, 2004, I I decided to call it a day or call it a, a career, and um, and um, switched the sides. And during that uh, cycling period, I I studied sports science in Frankfurt, and um, and um, yeah, maybe it was a it, it was quite easy to for me to 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 move over because if you can't make money out of it, it is it's it doesn't make any sense to to yeah yeah to, it's hard yeah it, it's hard, hard, hard. Hard, to, hard to pay the pay the bills with with medals or <laughs> well you don't even get medals in most races so <laughs> no and and I, and I was I wasn't I wasn't too so so speedy to 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 get to to get the medals um, I was the yeah, just a ruler maybe, and um, and the one who is uh, who is yeah who is there for everybody in in the team. Yeah. So I'm, I I wasn't yeah. a, a winner. Yeah. And and now today you're also in addition to your coaching, you're involved in in some podcasting in German, and you've also recently written a new book. So can you tell us first about the podcast briefly? We have quite a few German listeners, and uh, and also about your your book. Yeah, I'm one of the hosts of uh, the Coaches Corner podcast um, in Germany. It's uh, we had already recorded 14 sessions, and it's um, 
it's maybe a, a unique uh, podcast in, in in Germany because it's um, it's all about the the work of an, of an, of a coach. The, usually the the podcast is it's f for um, for for the athletes, and uh, we try to to get some light into the dark of uh, of the works of um, of, of coaches. And uh, I do it uh, together with uh, Dr. Sebastian Zeller, who was already on the show. And um, and uh, from the last uh, session on, we we have a, a, a new third host. Um, before that, it was Nils Görke from Hamburg. Um, and the new one is uh, Dennis Sandik. He's responsible for for science and knowledge at the at the DTU, the German Triathlon Union. And um, uh, we are really happy because. Uh, Now we are the unofficial official uh, podcast of the of the DTU. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. And uh, and then the book. Uh, what, what's the name of the book? And what led you to write it? Yeah, it's it's quite complicated for for the non-German speakers because it's only available in Germany right now. Um, it's called Triathlon. That means triathlon. Um, Erfolg auf der Langdistanz. Uh, success on on long distance. And it's um, it's a compendium about um, yeah my work as a, as a, as a coach since uh, 2004. Uh, it's containing 420 pages, so it's a, a really big one. And um, um, yeah, I, tr I try to 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 manage science and experience um, to bring it together. And my idea was uh, to create a, a book for. For the athletes, um, that they carry it around all day long, maybe. And, um, and if they have problems, they can, they can, uh, yeah, can, they can look, uh, after, or they can look for it after in, in the book. So, um, this was my idea. And, um, yeah, as a coach, you have to, to find your own way of, of working. If it's more science orientated or more empiric or experience orientated, And I try to mix both of it. And um, so this is maybe the, the style of the book as well. Mm, yeah. And uh, well, as you say, it's uh, available in German, uh, but uh, we'll try to unpack some of the topics that you discussed there uh, in English on this podcast. So so that will be useful for, for a lot of people that don't speak German. So Maybe the podcast um, is, good, is a good way to, to put some pressure on the publishers to, to, to translate it to, to English. But that, this was an idea, but, uh, but currently it's not, um, not um, going to happen, but maybe in the future. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we can we can hope. Uh, well, uh, the first topic then to dive into is uh, how do you view different types of athletes? It's a good it's a good question, and I, I wrote a um, a chapter about it in in the book. It's not only about uh, body types or uh, strength and weaknesses in terms of uh, physiological uh, or physiology. Um, I see it a little bit um, different. It's It's not only on the on as I've already already said on the on the body side. It's um, it's even more on the mental or on the personality side. Yeah, I, I can definitely see some interfaces even in in different kind of jobs. Means um, if somebody is working in the banking or in the lawyer business, they are a little bit more like the typical alpha guy um testosterone driven and um on the other side you have uh, maybe uh, the IT or controlling guys in 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 their jobs they are really numbers orientated and they they have the imagination that uh, 
training is is dependent or is depending on on algorithms and um so i can definitely see some differences in 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 these different um personalities and there maybe there's a contemplator who is always insecure and uh, tries to or maybe he's a little bit shy and doesn't have that confidence and I, for me it's it's important because it really changes the the way of coaching if if somebody is an, an alpha guy and you always uh, tries to push as hard as possible in each uh, single training session you have to maybe reduce the 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 wattage um, um for 15 or 20 20 watts that that he's still um managing the 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 right stimulus of the, of that session uh, without uh, overreaching and so so you don't have to to single focus on on uh, on the physiological side it's it's more holistic approach i think Mm. Is this something that athletes themselves should think about? Like, if you're a self-coach athlete, for example, uh, is it useful? You think to assess what your own athlete type, personality type in this uh, particular area is, and, and can you use that then to to improve how you train and how you think about training? I think it's it's good in life to be to have a, a certain amount of reflection that's 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 always yep. always not not that uh, um disadvantages it's it's uh, it's good to have a reflection so sometimes it's it, yeah i think it's it's good to um, to get an idea of what uh, kind of athlete you are and uh, so maybe you can you can after after um, having that idea of it you can you can get the uh, you can you can choose the right decisions maybe for training and um, this is uh, this is definitely um, an advice i would i would give to self-coach athletes uh, to 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 think about their behavior and uh, to think about their type of uh, personality they are yep yeah, definitely, and, and avoid some some common pitfalls that that might be typical for one particular uh, type. Well, what, one thing, of course, alpha guy and or an IT guy who is some numbers oriented, it doesn't mean that it's only guys. No, no. But uh, <laughs> but 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 what do you think about sort of how the different how males and females might fall in different categories? I, I I still, from my perspective, I still see that yeah, the, the really numbers oriented people are primarily guys, even though there are exceptions. Uh, where do you see the females falling? What, what are the more common or the most common categories for them? Yeah, I've had a, a certain chapter for, for females, um, especially because they are, they are, they have to, to, to see them differently. Um, I mean, there's definitely some some alpha woman uh, still there, out there, but um, but the the vast majority is I think they are they are a little bit ah, I would like to say devote. So so they can they can you you can type everything into the training pl training plan and they will try to accomplish it and um, try to to make it um, and. Uh, it's quite easy because uh, if if I write down sixty minutes of uh, of an easy run, they will do sixty minutes of an easy run and not uh, seventy or seventy five minutes uh, um, as as an as an alpha guy will will do it, and they keep in their in their intensity zone uh, without uh, getting out of it um, because they are not testosterone driven. They they have a lack of testosterone. 
biologically, and um, and so it's um, I think it's it's easier to to train them. On the other hand, um, you have to, as a coach, you have to to focus on on the right amount of energy they they should take in, because I've seen some 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 potential risk of uh, of a, of a relative energy deficit syndrome, um, because they sometimes have. Ah, uh, problems with their own weight. Maybe they they think they are too heavy, or they don't look sexy, or whatever, and um, and so they try to reduce the amount of calories. And um, this is this is um, the, the, yeah the start of the the end, I think, uh, because if you don't eat that much or not in, not enough, um, you don't have you don't get the right stimulus and um, the the body's um, reaction to training is uh, is getting in the right and uh, in the wrong direction sorry yeah absolutely and uh, we have quite a few episodes in the past on relative energy deficiency in the sport so I'll, I'll link to to at least one of them with dr margot Mon- montjoy who for those who, who are interested in learning more uh on that and, and yeah I, I would definitely agree with that you, you quite often see the I, I like to think of it as the the green box syndrome when using training peaks and you do a workout and it turns green that is something that that i think is an, uh, a particular athlete type uh, and uh, uh, to always want to have it green which is a good in in many ways a good thing of course uh, in some in some circumstances it can be a you need some flexibility as well uh, and and that's when it can be a little bit of a challenge and then you need to to have that but but generally it, it's a good thing i, I like that picture green, the, the green athlete guy it's um I, I'm not using training piece. I'm using uh, two days plan, but it's in, in the in the in the in the same. Uh, it goes in the same direction. Uh, sometimes you can call them uh, training soldiers. They will do everything yep. they 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 should uh, they should do, but um, without having reflection, uh, they don't get any ideas of how they really feel. Um, and if it's really necessary, or if it's really smart to train. Today, even if they feel not that good, so so this is maybe the the biggest problem with uh, in, in in coaching some of these uh, green green training peaks uh, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So another thing that we discussed over email uh, briefly is uh, that you had some criticisms around the uh, bomb pass periodization model and also the supercompensation model. So uh, would you like to uh, explain that a little bit more? Yeah, I've, I've got first. First of all, um, I'm not the owner of the Holy Grail of triathlon. That means if, if it's uh, I, I've got my my opinion or my point of view and. Um, if, if others have other other opinions, I'm fine with it. Um, um, I'm a little bit not so happy with the supercompensation model because, first of all, there isn't any evidence in the human body. It's only in the uh, in the carb metabolism of rats. Actually, there's there isn't any evidence in in the human body. And the idea of uh, of the supercompensation model is that uh, training is a um, is a well provoked. Um, Stress to to disturb homeostasis, and um, the 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 training effect prescribes the the body's answer to that certain stimulus to strengthen itself for a future stimulus. And the main problem is that reactions um, have different time frames 
on on the different layers maybe so reactions and adaptations are different you 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 cannot compare um cardiovascular neurological biochemistry orthopedic adaptations it's they they all work in different different time frames and um so to get um um the 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 right timing for when the next stimulus has to be done um, doesn't work for me it's um it's only a theoretical model model uh maybe with a wish of uh predictability sorry um and uh, for me for me that that doesn't really work it's uh, more on the theoretical side and the same with yeah. periodization um it's a model that comes originally from biology and um for me training is a part of real life and uh, the real life doesn't allow any predict predictability um it's more the, the wish of linear progression and um i see it more as a roller coaster because i can't um predict uh, weather conditions in the upcoming five to eight weeks uh, the health condition of an of an athlete or even now with uh, with uh, yeah with that horrible covid restrictions especially in germany right now um i can't uh, predict if it's uh, possible to swim during the during the the winter um and for me yeah having different phases it's too rigid i see it more as a as a flexible process with definitely which definitely needs uh, the athlete's feedback um to to get the right st stimulus so it doesn't for me it doesn't make sense uh, to to create plans more than one week in advance so i would like to say the periodization of my of my concept is um, that the the training stimulus from yesterday is uh, is uh, is responsible for today's stimulus and today's stimulus is responsible for for tomorrow's stimulus so so it's uh, it's more in a, in a in definitely shorter time frame on the practical mm -hmm. side i have to create some training plans and i do it um uh, uh weekly wise so seven days um and and no longer it it doesn't make any sense and i think if you if you use that uh, base build prep whatever um um theoretical model it's double the work because first of all you you try to to organize the um, the year or plan the year with different phases and um i've never seen any athlete who's uh, who's accomplishing a, a, a training plan starting from now for the upcoming six, six or seven months it's it, it doesn't work because you're getting sick you're getting injured and uh, and whatever and Another another aspect is if you if you train the idea or the idea behind that uh, periodization model is that you have different phases with different stimuluses and um, it it it's for me it's you can't train one single aspect in a training session it's always a combination of endurance strength speed whatever and it's not it's not one single aspect and so for me it doesn't make sense to to have certain blocks, maybe four weeks of strength, endurance, or whatever. Um, so it, it, it doesn't work for me. So I'm I'm not a big fan of it. It's uh, mm. I, for me, it's more a theoretical guideline. 
maybe for 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 coaches without that much experience maybe it, it just if even if it sounds even even if it sounds like a like a little bit arrogant right now sorry about that do, do you do you tend to then make sure that you get a regular a regular dose of different types of workouts not necessarily every week but but if let's say if last week you did a vo2 workout then maybe this week you do a threshold workout and then next week you do a strength endurance workout and uh, is that kind of how you yeah. work like alternating a bit between between different types of stimulus yeah, yeah that, that's exactly and i and i see it a little little bit more as a maybe a linear specific progression that um so you um, first of all it's a general preparation as uh, as everybody does in 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 the winter and um if we are getting closer to to the to the race date it's getting more and more specific but but in uh, I, i would like to say it's a little bit more um periodized uh, training model in the beginning But not 80-20, It's around 90 to ten, I think. Um, polar, 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 polarized, polarized. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, polarized. Yeah. And uh, it's 90 to ten, maybe uh, not eighty twenty. And um, um, if we're getting closer to the to the race date, it's getting more specific. So it's more more something in between. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. And uh, with, with the periodization, I think it's it's important to keep in mind that uh, the concept of periodization is not the same as the concept of having a well thought out plan those those are two different things the periodization as you say kind of implies almost a predictability of how systems will react if you do one thing followed by the next thing and that this the sequence has great importance in what you do and doing certain things before others and so on and 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 the way i understand your answer is that that's where you have uh, some some criticisms because you of course have as you described now some some good well thought out methods to how you plan the season yeah. so it's it's not about not planning it no 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 i, I for sure I, i i plan a year but um but it's not rigid it's not it's not yeah, clamped yeah. it's not fixed it's um it's yeah. flexible it's a flex flexible process i think and it's it's yeah. um yeah. yeah that's that's my way of I've, of, of conversation yeah. maybe i i completely agree with that and, and for listeners that want to go deeper into that topic i did an interview with john keely i'm sure you know of his work and uh, so we talk about periodization and well basically this exact thing that you mentioned but but in in a plenty of detail with him so so that's one that you can go and have a li have a listen to Mike, michael I, lo um, i love that uh, uh, episode and i listened it uh, twice or i think even three times because it's um it's it's a really it's a mastermind because uh, the work of john keely is um is exceptional and I'm, i'm really a big fan of it yeah 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 so so let's uh discuss uh preparing for specifically for ironman racing uh and uh well the first thing i want to ask here is that Uh, one one question that comes up uh, every once in a while: Do you think it's okay to do an Ironman as your first triathlon, or let's say very early on in your triathlon career, in the first one or maybe two years, or do you recommend building up to it over a longer time period and, and starting out with shorter races and, and taking taking a few years until you get to the Ironman? Yeah, I think we have to be careful of, uh, for, um, for for general advice. Um, it depends on 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 the maybe on the vita of on the on the cv of the of the athlete um if somebody is doing 
20 years of marathon already. Um, it, maybe you can do it in one to two years, but um, if somebody is a, is a real beginner, I, I wouldn't recommend it because it needs several years definitely for orthopedic adaptation to in, avoid injuries or, or severe injuries and or or even long term health issues um and i see in the the biggest risk or danger is in in the fast adaptation of cardiovascular system and uh, and metabolism because the athlete feels that it's getting better and he's getting stronger and faster and he can he can uh, definitely handle more volume or more workload On the one hand, it's good. On the other hand, the orthopedic system, the, the bones, ligaments, and whatever, um, they they need longer time to to adapt to that certain um, um, amount of, of training. And so I think I'm a little bit more on the conservative side, and I try to 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 hit the brakes and uh, say, no, it's, uh, it should last a little bit longer. And... Um, Uh, yeah, just just to to avoid any any health issues because as a coach you're you're on you're responsible for for the health of the athletes and this is uh, definitely should have definitely highest priority and um, so I try to to try to follow a long term approach maybe and not that uh, typical once in a lifetime Ironman athletes. Um, Back to the alpha guys, they are they are they are they are, they are these guys, um, because they have got someone in the in their office um, who already did an Ironman with uh, five, five hours a week of training maybe, and so they think they can copy that. And uh, this is um, this is not um, the way I, I I coach. And if if somebody is coming to me and wants to to get coached and hasn't that background or hasn't the the right amount of of training hours in in his life it it doesn't make sense and I, i'm not the guy who is coaching it it's um yeah yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't I, recommend it no I, i think what you're saying there with uh, the just the time frame of the orthopedic adaptations is really important to keep in mind for athletes that when when it comes to to running in particular how just how important it is to Uh, not like the 10% rule is something that I think get lots of lots of people injured because people take that 10% rule and increase their volume by 10% each week and that's an absolutely certain way of getting injured uh, especially if you're quite new to to running yep. uh, so so yeah it's more it's more of 10% per year I would say is, is closer to the truth of, of what you can do so so yeah I mean if, if you're and, and and to me when when I coach somebody doing their first Ironman even if they have some like a couple of years two or three years of background in triathlon they're not going to run necessarily a crazy amount if, if they also only have three years of background in running they're not going to run the same amount as maybe three years later when they do their four fireman and they already have a lot of experience then they can tolerate that running a bit more and i think that's really important to really important message uh, that you bring up there i totally agree yeah Um, so so let's let's discuss the volume a little bit there that you alluded to what, what sort of training volume uh, would you recommend for doing an ironman and, and not just doing the alpha guy five hours <laughs> of training per week and and maybe managing to struggle over the finish line but actually doing it doing it in a way that you can kind of enjoy enjoy the process and, and enjoy the race itself yeah as i already said um 
health and uh, yeah health is on 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 the on the priority list um, on the top um it means the training volume has to be well balanced um with with the with the all day activities or the the life situation of the athletes so if somebody who's working as a as a ceo of a company and has uh, three children at home is working 60 hours It doesn't make sense to to let them train twenty uh, hours a week. And another one who is um, only working maybe thirty thirty uh, hours a week and uh, has no wife and or or, or husband and uh, no family, it, it's it, maybe he can handle more 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 training load. So um, I, th I said uh, I always said uh, the the minimum hours of week should be around twelve to fifteen hours. It's if it's um, if it's less. Um, it's getting a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit difficult to 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 get the amount of uh, training you need for 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 solid, very yeah solid Ironman race. You can definitely finish it, but um, if you have a yeah, if you want to 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 get a certain finish time. It needs time to train. It's uh, it's in the natural of that uh, of that challenge Ironman. So so um, I'm not a big fan of uh, of low volume. I I prefer the more the the higher volume uh, side. But um, it's not all about the uh, the training hours. It's about the right balance between of between um, um, training and recovery. This is uh, this is key factor, I think, and the the interaction of the of the of the disciplines that means that maybe cycling or running disturbs swimming and uh, and vice versa so you have to take into account that um, that these disciplines have um, have different interactions with uh, with uh, yeah with um, with each other so I would like to recommend a little bit more training hours just to get a solid base and um, 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 yeah just to increase um, maybe the fat metabolism that means uh, fat oxidation that means um, it needs more time than than having a, a high intensity low volume um, approach which I'm not a big fan of it uh, so so 12 to 15 hours I think it's it's uh, it's a good um, estimate of um, of training volume and and do you are you saying that that should be basically consistent that throughout the year an athlete is, tra is training that sort of that sort of amount yeah i'm 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 not a big fan of uh, of having that uh, three week pro, uh, volume progression and the fourth week is a recovery week i i would um, like to say it's um, the the amount of training is constant uh, uh, throughout the year Uh, with a slightly in, increasing in training volume in in the spring, when uh, when the weather is getting better and you get out of um, out of the door and uh, doing more mileage on the on the bike, um, but it's um, a rest week is not only uh, because of less hours; it's uh, maybe less intensity or different uh, stimulus. Uh, maybe if somebody is. Uh, Is prone to injury. I would like to to reduce the mileage on on, on the run, um, and increase uh, or have a third or fourth or fifth um, swim session, so so that the stimulus is a little bit different. This should be um, a recovery week in 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 my mind. Yeah, mm, yeah. 
What about for the athletes that are really competitive? So you mentioned already you've coached uh, world champions. So let's say somebody's in the in a fairly competitive age group. Let's say the thirty-five to forty, which is still uh, maybe not the most competitive, but but still very competitive, and and they want to get a top ten in Kona uh, or seven three world championships. I mean, of course, this will vary. But do you have any? any sort of range of ballpark range of where these athletes typically how much do they typically train i think the average is uh it's between 17 and 21 hours i think this is um mm-hmm. if, for for really uh a world championship contender or somebody who's uh who's uh who wants to be maybe top five on kona this this is definitely the amount of training which which is needed and um, yep. the pros I, I train with, uh, they have, have some sometimes a different um, a different approach. Uh, I'm coaching Daniela Pleimel. She was ninth in in 2019 in in Kona. She doesn't need that much volume. It's uh, because she now she's uh, having a second baby, and uh, so it's a little bit different. And and uh, she cannot realize that much training. And uh, the other guy is maybe Samuel Hutzler from Switzerland. Um, he he definitely needs more volume so so you can't have a general general uh, uh, yeah recommendation of of training hours um, for each yeah. athlete yeah um let's discuss some of the the, the different disciplines uh one by one so so first uh, for the swim training component uh, do you have a couple of key recommendations key points to consider for swim training for an ironman yeah, you have to distinguish between a, um, a real swimmer who's, who's uh, learned swimming at the in, in, in the age of of, uh, of five or eight, maybe. Um, uh, you, you cannot compare it with a with an age group athlete who is uh, starting his triathlon career at the age of thirty eight, maybe. So, so if somebody isn't really able to to swim with the correct technique, for me, it doesn't make any sense to to let him swim butterfly breast backstroke he should focus on only focus on 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 freestyle swimming um and especially having a focus on breathing pattern and um stroke rates because they they usually tend to to over glide a little bit too much and um and for sure a good catch would be would be would be awesome I'm a big fan of uh, paddles as not only as a as a tool to 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 improve the strength uh more as a great tool for improving technique if it's the right pedal I'm not a fan of finger using finger pedals because if you use finger pedal, pedals the um yeah they have the tendency to 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 bend the, uh, the the wrist a little bit too much and if if the pedal is big enough and you you use it in the correct way um, um, this this bending in the in the wrist isn't um, isn't any any more given, and um, so I'm a big big fan of of using pedals, but slowly implement it for sure, just to avoid avoid shoulder injuries. And um, I would I would say two swim sessions a week is um, maintaining swim level, and uh, three or four times swimming a week is improvement. And um, yeah, maybe maybe if the first two to four hundred meters in a, in an iron distance race, it's um, this is the, um, the the segment where athletes are really fresh. So this is the only segment where speed is important. And um, so if you if you're able to to swim 
to have a hard swim start, a hard swim, spe speed, uh, swim speed start, you're able to catch maybe a, a stronger coupe and uh, draft with them over the the, the rest of the 3.8k uh, portion. Um, so I would I would uh, always try to um, to get the intensity and in, right in the beginning of the session, um, just to to stimulate or or simulate sorry um, that um, that certain um, requirements. Yeah, and uh, I'm a big fan of uh, swimming using as it uh, as it um, um, a channel fitness tool because I, I can see definitely some some interactions between swimming and running sounds paradox, but, uh, um, if you swim good, your, your, your diaphrag diaphragma is, uh, well, um, strengthened and, um, you're, you're getting flexible and, uh, you can definitely see if somebody is swimming good, he's, uh, he's improving in, in running as well. Um, Yeah, so so this is maybe the, the 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 main factor. And swimming is getting more and more important, especially in the in the in the pro segments. You can you can't. Oh, it's I think it's impossible to to win big races without uh, with having a, a swim uh, deficit because of that group um, leading group uh, scenario and the TV motos and uh, timing cars and whatever. So. So it's it's quite it's getting quite important to 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 swim as fast as possible, and um, so maybe working with pros, you have to to focus on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's there's some some great points there, uh, and uh, yeah, I was going to say with the, the the interaction between swimming and running is quite interesting. That you say that it was uh, something I was thinking about just the other day. That um, when you, when you look at the research, there there doesn't seem to be a strong consensus if, if anything it seems to indicate that there's not a great overlap but actually when you look at well what is the experience of uh of a lot of coaches and at and athletes it's that well there is a strong overlap and that's that's also my experience so so it, it's one of those examples where as you said at the beginning of the interview the having a grasp of both the science but also the experience and the empirical knowledge is, is important and having a good balance and, and i think that yeah, that's just something that i was thinking about the other day so so it's fun that you should should mention that um yeah but that, that, those are great points so so let's move on to uh, biking what are the key points that you would recommend for bike training yeah for me uh, ironman ironman it's all about energy management so so Saving glycogen should be the, the the main the main key driver for me. Um, so the focus is definitely on on lowering carb combustion or or increasing increasing fat uh, oxidation rate or uh, short improving economy. So I'm a big fan of endurance rides, um, over distance rides, uh, sometimes to twenty to fifty k. This um, so seven eight nine hours. Um, definitely not for everybody and definitely not in, um, too early in the season. Um, so this is definitely a key factor. And I'm, I'm a big fan of all you can climb if you live in a, in a hilly area. Uh, so that means, uh, riding five hours and or six hours and, uh, try to get as much as, uh, altitude meters as possible. Um, this is one of my, my, my key rides, I think. Um, but, On the other hand, I, I like to, to plan more rides in, in flat terrain because the main, 
main aspect in, in triathlon cycling is uh, having a, um, a consistent, steady pedaling rhythm. And you can't uh, you can't train it in if you train always in, in hilly or or, or um, yeah on hilly in hilly um, terrain. So this should be a de definitely your main focus. I mean, you can you can uh, simulate it on on the turbo trainer as well. But uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, training only indoors um, because handling skills, braking, getting out of the saddle, right gearing choice, and whatever should be learned. Especially in age group uh, triathlon, sometimes it's uh, they can push as hard as possible, but they can't ride a bike. Um, so, so cornering and 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 that stuff. Um, this is definitely part of of cycling, and not only pushing the pedal. Uh, so, I'm a more more on the on the mixture side. Means uh, certain um, sessions indoor on the turbo trainer, and uh, definitely riding outdoors even in the winter. If you have a gravel bike or a mountain bike, um, um, it's I think it's it's doable in in even in in freezing conditions. And uh, if you if you rode a bike on slippery slippery conditions, you learn definitely to corner to hit the brakes in the right uh, in the right spot. Um, so so this is um, this is a factor as well. And if you see um, if you see pictures of the of Pro athletes or or ambitious age group athletes, you see definitely that there should be a focus on aerodynamics, um, which you can work on uh, in in the gym maybe or or at home at the on, on the yoga mat. That means that you should improve your 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 core stability and uh, flexibility. This is definitely a um, a, a, a big part uh, you can sh you should focus on, but strength. Uh, thanks and tunes um, and uh, and cadence work or even having several technique drills um, should be should be uh, yeah part of of a, of a normal program i think i like to to recommend uh, using a leomo um, just to to identify the the paddling patterns you can see the dead spots and and, and you can pimp up your your Sometimes boring five-hour uh, rides, uh, endurance ride, with um, with a focus on on having or avoiding these these dead spots in the in the in the paddling pattern. This is a this is definitely a good a good way to to improve without getting out of that um, that zone two ride. Maybe, yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, plenty of, of really excellent tips there again. So uh, now let's move on to finally the, the run training. What would you recommend for that? As I already said, I'm I'm more a conservative guy uh, in terms of run volume. I don't think there there is no there is not such a big need of running high volumes. Um, I've I've seen athletes running sub three hours in the, in the Ironman marathon in the age group uh, triathlon, um, uh, running around forty to forty five k average um, uh, in the last six to seven months leading up to that race. So, I think it's it's not necessary to 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 run that that much uh, because of the interactions between cycling and running. And I would like to focus a little bit more on the run. Uh, sorry, on on the cycling side to to because it's uh, combined with a less injury risk and um and so my longest run is uh, should be around 2 to 215 
hours and um um and, and not longer i don't see any benefits if running longer because uh, you can definitely train metabolism and cardiovascular system easier and uh, less risky on on the bike and um so i would uh, like to 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 cut it maybe in two to fifteen and i don't see any benefits in for example if somebody wants to run a three thirty marathon so it's five minutes okay um if somebody like that guy should run ten times one k on the track with uh three twenty three minutes twenty per per kilometer i think it's not um Uh, it's not specific and it uh, has a higher potential of injury and uh, it uh, takes some longer time to recover from that hard track session. And uh, for me, training frequency is uh, or consistency is, uh, is more important than having that uh, super high intensity track uh, stimulus. So, I would um, I would do it a little bit more specific, which doesn't mean that there's no um, uh, interval sessions or or high intensity work, but uh, the speed or the intensity has to be in 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 yeah in in specific has to be specific for 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 Ironman races. So I'm I'm a big fan of uh, the Yasuo 800s. Um, I mean, Brett Sutton is doing it as well, but, uh, but, um, uh, I mean, it's not his, his, uh, development. It's made from, or it's, or uh, has, has it origin from, from, uh, Badiaso. And, um, some athletes doing 25 or even 30 times 800, uh, plus, uh, 200 meter recovery uh, time. And, uh, so this is uh, one, one of my, my key sessions, um, in, in, in leading up to the Ironman. Yeah. So, so the the intensity for the Yasuo 800 ends up being more like, uh, like a tempo or threshold mm -hmm. pace, something like that. If we if we take that same example, like that uh, three hour thirty marathon uh, uh, aim, um, uh, the one should do maybe the 800s in four forty to four forty five, so slightly faster than than the estimated uh, or predicted uh, marathon average time. So um, this would be a, a good stimulus, I think, without having a risk of 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 injury um because the 200 meter break in between and should be maybe 630 or even seven minutes per kilometers it's close to walking um uh as uh as the result that different areas of the of the lower limb will be will be um activated and uh, so the 200 meter break in between is uh, is perfect for for reducing maybe the 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 orthopedic workload um or the, or the orthopedic load and um so so this is an, a, a quite good session it's uh, for me it's better than running 25k in a in an easy pace like 520 or 515 through through the forest because there i i've seen more risk of injury than uh, than having that 25 eight, 25 25 times 800 on the track um because of these uh, 200 meter um, uh, recovery segments. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so in addition to something like uh, like that workout, 
what would the other runs of a typical week be? Would would the rest of the runs be just easy, uh, collecting a bit of volume, but but not too much, as we already discussed, or or the or would you actually uh, try to get in a second? kind of moderate intensity or run or something like that. Yeah, as already said, in, in, in during the winter, it's more a polarized approach. It means that there are a lot of short intervals like uh, hundreds or 200s or 400s um, with a little bit uh, faster pace for the last time, that example, if somebody wants to run, run five hours, uh, sorry, five minutes a K in, in, the, in the marathon, they are running maybe um, 200s in four-minute pace. Um, per k um, more on uh, on a biomechanical side so they have to learn to to run faster so it's more it's more movement and not on the uh, physiological adaptation side i think and um, um, I, I try to um, increase the, the the duration of of the whole session or the the, the numbers of intervals and uh, then the distance of each intervals and uh, on the uh, first we start way we, maybe with uh, 12 times 200 uh, uh, combined with a 400 meter rest in between and um, uh, after two or three weeks it's 300 meters rest in between still 12 times to go and then 200 and then maybe 100 uh, meter rest in between this is my way of, of progression during the winter yeah mm, yeah yeah, and and I think it's uh, uh, important to point out, as as you said earlier, that you you can get so many of the cardiovascular and metabolic adaptations from the from the bike and and just the overall volume of your program. So so it's important for for the listeners to uh, to realize that when you listen to these uh, workouts and and think that oh that's way too easy, I'll never get fast on that. But actually, you can your VO two max can get uh, just as high, uh, I, I think, with with the work that you're doing on the bike and run and swim combined and and then. The, the run, as you said, becomes a lot about well making sure that you can be consistent and and then biomechanical development as as well and and just yeah have the running economy as well which which you get from from running but you don't have to run super fast to, yeah. to improve your yeah I, I would like to I would like to see the athletes um, towing the line and um, um, I mean it's quite easy for for a coach to to create programs with 80 90 100 kilometers a, a week it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt the coach because he only has to type it um so but um but on the other hand you have to 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 make sure that the athletes can handle that workload and really can make it to the to the to the start line not to the finish line to the start line and uh, i w- i would like to see them on on the start line uh, and maybe uh, yeah maybe maybe leading uh, no, no maybe leaving sorry leaving several uh, percent of um, of improvements uh, on the roads so so I, i'm i'm not a big fan of of trying to make the the, the most possible out of it um, and on the other hand uh, have the risk of injury or overtraining, yeah. over overreaching, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and final final follow up question on the running. W- would you have a similar philosophy with the pros that you coach? Even though, of course, they might run a bit more and, and a little bit faster. But what would generally speaking, would you also not do any monster workouts or super fast workouts with them and and uh, kind of rely a lot on the on the bike and uh, and have the run yeah. be fairly fairly easy? 
it's 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 the same approach um for sure they're doing a little bit more mileage because they are used to it and uh, and f- the principles are the same maybe the the speed is a little bit higher hmm. okay. as in the races as well yeah, yeah. Um, and and that leads leads us to to the next question which is a, a general question on intensity in preparing for an ironman and and you've discussed that a bit already especially now with with the run but uh, on, on the bike and the swim as well generally speaking how how do you how do you look at intensity in in training and and how that helps or doesn't help ironman preparation yeah i'm 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 a big fan of the of the 90s training in germany as you can see the big names of the 90s they i think they all trained with a polarized model and it's um as I already said, it's not 80-20, it's 90 or even 92% um, low low intensity and, and the other 8 or 10% it's high intensity. And um, yeah, you have to define the high intensity. Um, if, you, if you look in the literature, in the, in the English literature or the American liter- literature and, uh, uh, and even in Germany, the different federations, if it's uh, cycling, triathlon or running, they have different definitions of um, high intensity, or or where the uh, how, how the the, the different uh, training zones are defined. So you have to be very careful because you can't you can't compare that. It's 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 uh, it's impossible. So yeah, it's 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 difficult to explain how I define maybe zone two or zone three, uh, because we have to talk this, the same language. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm not a big fan of it to, to define it in a, in a different, in a certain percentage maybe or so. Um, so I'm, I'm maybe on the practical side it means, uh, it's slow, intermediate and fast and, uh, very fast. So these are my, my training zones and, uh, um, I try to define it for sure, but um, but you have to take into account that there are different uh, personalities. So um, back to that alpha guy, and uh, he's he definitely needs a, a different definition of zone two as uh, somebody who is a little bit more uh, shy, maybe. And um, and uh, so so it, it's not easy to to define the the zones in in, in different numbers for, for the for the average person would is uh, your uh, zone three or uh, fast is that something that you can hold for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or 60 yeah, minutes what is the ballpark number i would say around 30 to 45 minutes all yeah. right yeah. yeah it's like let's say 10 10 k 10k pace on exactly the run, more or less. exactly you know yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm a big fan of improving fat uh, oxidation, as already said, and um, I don't think it's not necessary to have the highest uh, VO2 max numbers to to have um, or to be successful in in Ironman racing. It's more economy and uh, more lowering, lowering the VLA max. So I'm not that big fan of having these high intensity sessions which you can see on social media everywhere and um so um yeah i think it's more it's more uh, long slow distance work yeah mm, with with a, with a focus on improving technique that's this is uh, definitely the add-on yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so 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 okay. One one follow up there on when you do the intense work in the kind of winter period, especially when it's more polarized, then what would a typical the intense session that you might do on the bike? 
what what would an example of that be? The, the classics: thirty thirties or forty twenties or forty thirties sometimes or fifty twenties. So this is a, this is a typical workout or uh, four minute intervals um, or three minute intervals on on the bike. And in the run, it's uh, already said two hundreds or four hundreds. And uh, for swimming, it's um, it's definitely something between twenty five and hundred meter intervals, uh, high intensity intervals. But um, but uh, the classic style. There was no no rocket science, I think, uh, behind it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's session session concepts or training concepts which already have uh, shown that they are successful. Yeah, and but and is the prescription there that you you just go as as hard as you can sustain until the end of the session or yeah ma- main focus should be that the last session uh, sorry last uh, interval um uh has the same same intensity like the first one yeah. okay okay great so uh let's move on to discuss nutrition and hydration and of course it's a big topic and we could discuss that for uh, a couple of entire episodes but uh, if you give a couple of key pieces of advice again regarding nutrition and hydration and, and this can be both uh, during training and also during the race itself yeah yeah this is definitely definitely a, a big big topic and um yeah for me for me, nutrition is is key definitely and uh yeah the correct uh, periodized fueling is essential to get the 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 right stimulus and uh, the signaling pathways um of training so there's definitely sessions where you need carbs for sure and other sessions where which is a little bit more fat max orientated with a restriction in in carbs and um you have to um, to make sure that the athlete um gets an idea of what the intention of the session is so it's an education thing of of the coach i think and um i've seen that so many age group athletes have problems with the correct fueling um uh, depending on the demands of each uh, single session I've seen quite often sessions uh, uh, when the quality is uh, diminished because of the wrong fueling. If an athlete is uh, working maybe eight to five and uh, having um, uh, having lunch at one uh, p.m. and uh, wants to do a, um, a track session at six p.m. and doesn't have any uh, calorie intake between one to six uh, six uh, p.m. Um, you can definitely see that the the, the session won't be that uh, high quality. Uh, so, so I, I think it's it's important to to give give them um, certain guidelines to um, to 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 see the difference the different intentions of training sessions and the demands of um, of uh, the correct fueling. This is uh, key, I think, and. Yep. In racing, I think the 90 grams carb uh, benchmark is uh, already validated um, and uh, so many times executed. Um, and sometimes, um, yeah, it's it's some kind of disappointing then that you see that athletes, uh, um, yeah, disturb their their really good training work um, with uh, with having not enough carb intake uh, during the race. So the, the work of uh, months is, uh, is um, yeah, is crashed um, if they don't take uh, enough, uh, enough food. That's, that's horrible to see. So 
for me it's um it's it's definitely part of my coaching philosophy or approach that uh, they get um the, the right information about the correct fueling yeah mm. and and anything in particular around hydration that you want to highlight Yeah, I'm, I'm connected to Precision Hydration, which is one of your presenters. Um, and, um, so, but this is definitely not a, not a, a commercial, um, uh, right now for, for Precision Hydration. I, I've been in contact with Andy Plow since years and, uh, I'm doing the, the, the sweat analysis in, in Germany, uh, just to get, uh, the numbers out of it for about, uh, sweat sodium concentration. And I think hydration is, uh, in the same area like uh, uh, like nutrition um i've seen the, i've seen so many problems athletes struggling with the correct hydration or correct sodium intake and uh yeah for me it's uh, it's still i i'm i don't know why why there why i'm the only guy in germany is doing it uh, and there there aren't so many athletes uh, so, so many sweat test centers all over the world because this topic is such uh, has such a big potential of improvement um not only on the health side um on the on the performance side as well i can definitely see athletes improving By minutes over the the Ironman distance uh, race, uh, with with having um, um, a specific uh, sodium or hydration strategy, and the others they are, yeah, yeah they, they 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 leave uh, so many minutes on the road without having that, and you can definitely have a see the the connection between carbs and uh, sodium and um, and uh, water intake because of the SGLT1 mechanism, sodium glucose link transporter one. Um, you can definitely see if if uh, an athlete is doesn't have that uh, right amount of sodium in this uh, in his nutrition strategy, they don't get that uh, right amount of water and carbs back into the bloodstream, and uh, so th there's definitely a connection. And um, I can I can recommend it um, not because I want to make money out of the the, the testing, uh, just for for yeah just for improving the the Ironman performance. This is really the fourth discipline of of triathlon is energy management. How how much energy you 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 spend or um, you you combust, and the other one is how many energy in terms of uh, uh, of, of carbohydrate you can you can take in, and. I'm a big fan of training the guts, uh, tra training that that uh, nutrition regime in training for for practicing it for 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 the uh, for the competition, because if you don't do it, you don't uh, find the right product, you don't find the right uh, amount of carbs, you 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 don't get any ideas of uh, how many carbs your your system is uh, is tolerating. And this is this is um, yeah this may be the fourth discipline, not the the transition. The nutrition is the fourth dis discipline. Yeah, yeah. It, what you say there about the the link between sodium and carbohydrate is really really interesting and something that I'm going to make a note to to have a look at after this episode because I'm I'm not very familiar with that. So so I'll be curious to find out more. And and I think it, it you make some some really great points there. I won't repeat them all. And I, I think just the main message is. Uh, I, I guess it, it doesn't matter 
like who you get to test from or where you get to test but but if you can assess your your sodium losses in whatever way that that is that that, that is going to potentially have a really big impact on your uh, on your performance if you wherever you get an accurate uh, assess, a sodium assessment from then uh, yeah, that, yeah that has the potential to, to have a big impact so if if you sweat you lose you lose blood plasma and um this this is your this is your sweat and um if it's if it's uh, getting low the blood plasma the 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 blood is getting thicker and uh so um um or it's getting whisk whisk is it whiskers whiskers, whiskers yeah yep. um yep. so so the the um yeah maybe uh, the the oxygen transport or or um energy transport to to the muscle is uh, diminished and um so you definitely have a performance uh, uh lowering effect i think and um so especially if if you're racing in in hot and humid conditions and um so sweating is is important if you and if you don't have water to sweat uh, trivial spoken um it's uh, yeah, the 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 um uh, the core body temperature will increase and uh, will lead uh, maybe to a dnf so so taking that into account is um, is uh, pretty important yeah well that leads us nicely to to the next topic which is uh, heat preparation and and you uh, talked about using the core body temperature sensor uh, this is core the brand uh, for listeners uh, that we'll link to that in the show notes as well uh, but you you mentioned using that for heat preparation so can you talk about first generally heat preparation how you do that but also how how you integrate the actual sensor in in that work yeah so heat preparation especially for for racing in kona or on in asia or or Cosmel. thanks thanks to global or cosmal or thanks to global warming even in 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 the summer in europe um you 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 have to take into account because um um yeah the races are getting hotter and hotter and um so you have to 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 get a little bit more robust or or getting adapted to that heat and um there are several ways of it you can you can uh, have passive heating like uh, going to a sauna or um uh warm water immersion or warm water uh, bath and uh, on the other hand you can can have an, an active heat adaptation riding on a turbo trainer um uh with uh firing up the heater and uh, having no fan and closed window and uh, etc so so these are maybe the the two the two ways of of doing it or you can if you have the money or the time or the logistics you can you can travel to um to a destination which offers heat and uh, and or hot and humid conditions but um so i'm i think it's it's quite necessary to to get adapted to to heat uh, to to heat to um, to increase maybe the blood plasma um and get a um, uh, a lowered um, rate of perceived exertion uh, training and racing in 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 the heat so so this is um, this is a concept and um before core was uh, was uh, yeah on on the market they only have the chance to to uh, uh swallow the thermometer pills and uh, or I'll put them up on the on the opposite way, <laughs> and 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 um, to 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 get an idea of uh, what the 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 actual core body temperature is, 
it's quite expensive. So a thermometer pill costs around uh, 60, 70 euros. And um, it's only for three or four days in the system. And then it's, uh, it's uh, out of it. And um, without having that, it was only a, a rough estimate of uh, what you're doing. And now with the core body temperature sensor, you have uh, the chance to get real life, uh, real time, sorry, real time um, uh, informations about uh, about the differences in core body temperature. And so if you if you do a, maybe a, a heat ramp up test to, to get some informations, what your critical temperature threshold is, you can you can train in certain heat zones to to get the right stimulus for heat adaptation, and this is maybe the new the new concept. I'm an early adopter of uh, of core. I'm maybe one of the first ones in Germany who has uh, had one, and. Uh, um, I first of all, I tried to collecting some data and try to to identify some some patterns. Uh, what happens if somebody is using caffeine uh, right before a session, or uh, what's the difference with the same intensity and different uh, temperature or circumstances? And first of all, it's it's just collecting data and without having a. a, um, a, a, a secure transfer to practical real world application and um, now i'm a little bit uh, further and uh, i think the science getting a little bit further and the experience and there's um from time to time um, uh, a round table uh, from from uh, from the core guys uh, who try to get some coaches together so we can share our knowledge or our experience and this is great because uh, it's right in the beginning it's uh, like having a power meter 25 years or 30 years ago um, nobody had the, the the knowledge and everybody is trying to experiment and doing some garage science and um, now we are we are in on, on a round table and everybody is uh, is willing to share his um, experience it's it's really a great uh, Great approach. I, I really like that. And um, so, if you have that uh, that idea about or the 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 the, the result of that uh, heat, heat ramp up test, you 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 get the, the the heat training zones, and you can definitely work more precise in that uh, area without having maybe detraining effects. Because if you train in the heat, you have to lower your your intensity and um if you if you always uh, train in the heat and lower your intensity it, you will have you have to face some some detraining effects maybe and and so this is a good way to to get an idea of precise heat adaptation training i think yeah mm, yeah how so if if how have, how has it changed your approach to heat other than If you can't measure, let's let's say you have an athlete that don't have the core sensor, and, and let's say that you can't send one to them either, then has has it changed already your knowledge about heat preparation and compared to how you did things before? And what are the things that are different now that you have all of this knowledge collected with with the data you have collected? It's it's funny to see that the 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 reactions I I predicted sometimes they don't work. It's uh, it's it's funny. I, I thought uh, maybe for for example, if you if you run uh, in 25 degrees and uh, have uh, that uh, th maybe a 10 can race and uh, the 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 temperature is uh, is increasing by 
0.8 degrees Celsius, maybe uh, it's, it's, you can't predict it because it's highly individual. This is, this is maybe the, 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 yeah, the, 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 the key, um, conclusion. It's, it's really highly individual and you, you can't say everybody is, uh, having a critical temperature threshold at, uh, 35 or uh, 39.5 uh, degrees Celsius. It's, this is, this is maybe the biggest difference because now you see that there are differences, individual differences, and you can get, you can create the, the individual heat training zones to make sure that the athlete is, ra uh, is training in the, in the, in the right zone. This is the difference, I think. Before that, it was a, a rough estimate and uh, as a rule of thumb, maybe, and, uh, and now it's, uh, it's getting more precise. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, one other thing, this is moving away from the topics that you talk about in your book, but I saw, uh, on your blog, you have some, some blog posts up on your website. Uh, you wrote an interesting post about how long distance triathlon has changed in 2021. And this was particular, particularly pertaining to pro, uh, pro triathlon. Uh, but can you discuss this topic a little bit more? Because I found it an interesting post. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, because of COVID uh, last year, I, I wasn't at any race venue. And I was really looking for it, for, forward to it in, in, in 21. And I was really happy to, 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 to see athletes racing again. And I've seen some major differences to 2019, I think. Um, for running carbon shoes, definitely, definitely makes a difference. Um, not only in, in terms of speed. I, I, I estimate maybe eight to 10 times faster, um, running times with using the carbon shoes for the age groupers for pros, maybe four to six minutes. And I think, um, if an athlete is really tired or already fatigued, and this is uh, definitely the case. If you, if you're, if you're doing an Ironman, you're coming out of, out of the bike or off the bike. And, uh, so you're really fatigued and this catapults effects of that carbon fiber, in, uh, shoes, um, definitely improve running especially in that in that area i think so so the times um the the, the time you save it's uh, it's it's amazing it's like uh racing with a disc wheel uh, compared to a 36 spoke uh, um rear wheel so so this is definitely one one thing you can you can see and maybe um in combination with uh, with this with that shoes you can see um that athletes um doing more more races in in a shorter period of time and as um as feedback from athletes they say oh the shoes are so crazy i i'm running faster and on the other hand i'm i recovered quicker and they are able to to walk downstairs uh, uh the day after the race forward not only backwards forward and uh, so this this is um They say the the muscles of uh, and the legs of are feeling fresh after using the carbon shoes, so this is definitely maybe a point we have to think about when we see athletes uh, racing in 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 shorter period of time. Um, and you can definitely see on the bike that uh, everybody used the the COVID time to improve aerodynamics and uh, positioning on the bike so i think the time of uh, the the super bikers uh, like um, 
Sebi Kienle or Boris Stein. It's not over, but but it's it's getting more difficult for them to 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 yeah to have their advantage because everybody else is um, is uh, stepping up, and uh, you can you can see that definitely. And equipment choices. Uh, there are so many athletes having uh, customized cockpits and even some some spoilers or whatever on the on the on the on the, on the uh, bars. Um, so everybody else is thinking about aerodynamics on the bike, and you can see it on the on the bike splits. Not only in the age group, uh, not only pros, uh, age groups, uh, age group athletes as well. They are doing aerodynamic tests on the on the on the track and uh, and whatever. So it's it's quite amazing that uh, that there's still after forty five fifty years of triathlon there's um, there's still that innovation will and uh, it's it's cool to see and uh, as already said uh, swimming is definitely essential for for the pros you if you don't swim fast um, you aren't able to 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 win races anymore um, this is definitely on the pro side and um, on the age group side is that the fields are getting more and more competitive so there's definitely professionalism in in age group um, uh, sport athletes doing 840 or 845 it's it's nothing very utopic it's um I would like to say it's uh, it's almost standard if you want to to win an, an age group in in Ironman race if, except maybe Lanzarote or, or Wales you 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 have to f to do it in 845 or 850 it's uh, it's amazing so this is maybe my my point of uh, view or of what I what I observed in in 21 especially carbon juice and, and aerodynamics on the bike yeah and do you have any predictions or hypotheses for what might happen in the in the next couple of years where where sport will continue to evolve i mean we've we've seen we've seen or we already have a we already have seen in in florida what's uh what's athletes are capable of um uh, so gustav eden uh, is definitely the one who who or maybe christian Blumenfeld as well and we've seen we see in the cozumel um um that we that there will be a new era of 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 athletes uh, so you have to be very complete i think and um the the dynamics and the tactics of an of an iron distance race is getting more and more like uh on like uh, like an olympic distance race it's uh it's i think if these uh, short course guys are um, uh leaving short course and stepping up to 70.3 or ironman you can see definitely a, a, a major change in, in 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 performance Yeah, yeah. And just for the listeners, we're recording this a few days before uh, Ironman Cozumel, so so we don't yet know what. <laughs> sorry about do, sorry but, about uh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm really I'm really looking for it. Uh, what's what's going on? I've I've seen that he's doing a on Strava. He was doing a 40k run last weekend in two thirty seven. So it's, I think it's a different approach of tapering. I think, but uh, yeah. but it's um, if 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 it works, we'll see. I, I'm yep. I'm sure Olaf Alexander Bu, the 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 science guy who's who's in that uh, core roundtable as well. He he definitely knows what uh, what Christian needs uh, in in terms of workload and uh, 
and carbon take. They, they, I think they will leave no stone uh, unturned, and um, I'm, I'm really looking forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Olaf Alexander is also a past guest of the podcast, uh, so I'll link to that as well. Um, and finally, final question before the rapid fire questions. What's one thing? Sorry, I have two more questions. Uh, I missed one. Uh, the first one is: Can you give three pieces of advice uh, for for age group triathletes that want to improve their performance? This can be about anything. Being patient. Don't rush. Mm, there are no shortcuts. It's only it's it's it needs time for improvement. Uh, may maybe being self-reflected and um, and listen to your body. Uh, on the other hand, working on details for sure. Um, yeah, and and never lose the right balance. So sport is important, but having the right balance in life uh, in terms of sleep, uh, right nutrition, um, fun. And uh, and being relaxed, this would be my advice. Uh, I've seen so many athletes who are very or too focused on on um, on, on triathlon without having the right balance in life. Hmm. And finally, what's one thing that you are currently learning about or are fascinated by, and why? Yeah, I'm. I'm I was always fascinated by that uh, will to innovate. Uh, in triathlon it's i think there's no other sport in 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 the world w which is so innovative like like triathlon and um so i was i'm always fascinated and this is my my main driver to to be a coach uh, i I've, i have a marketing claim I, it's not a marketing claim it's it's my my way of uh, of of coaching it's be the best version of you and um Uh, it's not only for the athletes; it's for my, for me as a coach as well. So I really try to improve by myself uh, year by year. So I have uh, several years with uh, with different focuses. So 2019 and 20 was maybe heat adaptation, as already said. 21 is uh, for me; it's a it's a year of nutrition. So I did a a really good education series with uh, Professor Asker Jorgentrup. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's called the Mastermind of Sports Nutrition. It was eight weeks, so really focus on, on nutrition. And for next year, I will focus on um, um, on uh, chronobiology. Um, I, I've, I, I, co I coach a an, 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 an professor of uh, neuroanatomy. He's, he's a leading guy of chronobiology. And we try to implement some, yeah, some adaptation strategies to avoid um, jet lag, especially for athletes. And he he really he he's an athlete as well, and he he wants to 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 promote it a little bit more. And now we're working on that jet lag adaptation strategy. It's it's cool because there's always things you can improve, and um, it's not only prescribing. The right training zones uh, for me it's more a holistic approach um, uh, combining all these aspects yeah yeah it's uh it's performance management not training planning uh, is, uh, is kind of how exactly I, I look at it. exactly it is yeah all right well th those are uh well great great examples of uh yeah things that you've you have been learning about and are learning about so thank you for that now finally let's finish with the rapid fire question so take just one sentence to answer these and the first one is what's your favorite book or resource related to triathlon 
Scientific Triathlon Podcast. I'm really big fan of it, and I'm a fan of uh, it since uh, right in the beginning. And the other one is uh, the science newsletter. It's called Sprint. It's um, from the Institut für Angewandte Trainingswissenschaft in, in Leipzig um, uh, in, in combination uh, with the German Triathlon Union, the DTU. So they, they offer a, a science newsletter for for licensed coaches and this is a great re resource of getting getting um, um, good good content great and thank you very much for that uh, i really appreciate that and uh, what's an important habit that you've benefited from athletically professionally or personally being patient and um, self-reflecting uh, being modest and and for me honesty is uh, is is main thing between coach and athlete and on the other hand being critical so if you read something coming out from a company from the from the marketing segment or marketing chapter we have to be very careful and um, think about it and uh, don't rush if you if you see something new uh, just to think about it try to implement it try to get um, uh, knowledge or, or informations in depth um, This is my way of uh, of working. Yeah. Great. And uh, finally, who's somebody that you look up to or that has inspired you? As um as as an athlete, it, I was always uh, and I'm still a big fan of Johan Museo from from Belgium, one of the biggest classic rider because his his stamina and his uh, resilience it's was quite amazing. Um And um, from from the coach side, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, Dan Lorang. He was always uh, always uh, here on the on the show uh, too, and I'm I'm really big fan of him. Not only as a coach, uh, and uh, on the other hand, as a human, because he's uh, he's such a handsome guy. It's uh, he's an idol, definitely. Perfect. Yeah, and, and definitely agree with that as well. Um, yeah, so finally, uh, where can the listeners find out more about you and your coaching business and also your book? Uh, can you mention all of those uh, those things again? So we will also link to them in the show notes, of course. Yeah, it's sadly, it's sadly or, or, um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunately in, in German language because I'm mainly coaching in, in, in German. So it's uh, sisu-training.de is my my website, and I'm on sisu training on uh, Instagram and uh, sisu training triathlon on Facebook. Great, and and the book, the name of the book again? The name is it's it's German. It's a triathlon Erfolg auf der Langdistanz. It's pub Great. published well, from Meyer and Meyer. In yeah, we do have a fair amount of German listeners, so I'm sure that some of them will pick it up after this. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe as already said, we can put some pressure on the publishers that they translate it to, to, to English. Yeah. That would be my dream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I would love to read it, read it for sure. Um, but thank you so much, Mario. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, lots of really great tips uh, and uh, thoughts on triathlon. So I really appreciate it and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. I hope that you enjoyed that interview. As always, you can find the show notes on scientificdraftlon.com. We will have plenty of links, including uh, Maria's website and social media, as well as his new book. And also the other previous episodes that we mentioned throughout the episode, including Sebastian Seller, Margot Montjoy, John Keeley, Olaf Alexander Bu, and Dan Lorang. 
If you are interested in coming and training with us on Mallorca in 2022, we still have a handful of spots available on the training camp by the time of this recording. So do check out the information on scientifictriathlon.com and just click the training camp tab in the menu uh, or send me an email to chat about it directly. And uh, we would love to see you on Mallorca. We will have a great week of training there with uh, not just training, but education and uh, getting to know each other as athletes and coaches and so on so it would be great to have as many that triathlon show listeners with us as possible on next week's episode we will discuss how many races to do in a year and how to plan your season of racing and we will have coaches philip seip helle fredriksen and emma carney on to discuss that topic Finally, big thanks to our sponsors, Roka, that you can find on roka.com. Check out their wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, high-performance eyewear, prescription glasses, and sunglasses, and get 20% off your order with the promo code that you can get on roka.com forward slash TTS. And thank you to Senate. Use the Senate Swim Trainer to improve your technique, power, and stamina, and increase your swimming consistency. Get 20% off your order with the promo code that you can get on senatesumtrainer.com forward slash TTS. And remember, it's a risk-free investment. If you don't love it after two weeks, you can return it and get a full refund. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving crap.